Hi, this is Steve Hargadon, and welcome to the Future of Education. It's Thursday, October 13th, and our guest tonight is Gina Bianchini, formerly of Ning and now with Mighty Bell. Hi, Gina. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Good. Welcome back, and thanks for coming on. It is my pleasure to be here. Well, it's a pleasure for us to have you here. The Future of Education is sponsored by my Web 2.0 Labs project, web20labs.com, all about helping educators connect with each other. Do check those projects out. We're supported also by Blackboard Collaborate, that's the platform that we're using tonight. Coming up in November, two great free virtual conferences. You, you got you to gotta come to these. Uh, November 2nd, to, it's actually the 2nd to the 4th. Uh, depending on where you are in the world. But the Library 2.011 Conference, The Future of Libraries and Librarianship. Um, my co-sponsor, co-chair um, is Sandy Hirsch from San Jose State University's uh, library program. Uh, we have 161 sessions. It will be free, all live in uh, Blackboard Collaborate, and all the sessions will be recorded. Uh, Library2011.com. Check it out. Global Education Conference, our second one, five days of international fun. Really, I kid you not. If you didn't attend this last year, you must attend. Uh, well, last year, we had over 450 sessions from 62 countries. It was a party. Uh, again, all free and all virtual. And I've just announced the Learning 2.0 conference in January. There'll be more information about that shortly. Um, but it's, we're going to focus on all of the new teaching and learning topics that relate to participative media and the web. Coming up on the Future of Education tomorrow, a very special show during the day with David Lorcher on libraries and Web 2.0. Um, posting for that will be on my futureofeducation.com site tonight. Um, but if you are around tomorrow, uh, David is a fascinating guy, and he's going to be coming directly live from Washington State where they're having a library conference. I'm postponing the show on October 18th, which is Lee Crockett on Literacy is Not Enough, because unfortunately I'm going to be on an airplane, but we'll reschedule that. Mark Sermon, uh, head of Mozilla Foundation on Open Badges on October 20th. Mike Mariner on Road Trip Nation on the 25th. And we have our two big conferences. You can see the rest of the schedule there. Uh, David Maxfield is new uh, to that listing, uh, one of the authors of two really fascinating books, Influencer and Crucial Conversations. We're going to talk to him about education. If you've missed any of our shows, they are all recorded and up online. Um, uh, not on this list was Tuesday night's session, uh, which was uh, just brilliant. Uh, Tim Wilson on his new book, Redirect. Uh, Five-star recommendation from me. Uh, lots to talk about in education. Before that, Peter Cookson uh, on a children's education bill of rights, then the iPod in the classroom report. Cecilia Dalibera from MIT OpenCourseWare. Bob Glenner, the filmmaker. Anyway, they're all all those recordings are up at futureofeducation.com, both in full Blackboard Collaborate versions and in MP3 format. Okay, so this is where you get to tell us where you're listening from. Gina will be impressed. To the left of the whiteboard, you'll see some icons. And you're looking for the star. And you want to click on that. Sometimes it takes a double click. And then click on the map to let us know where you're listening from. Also, feel free to put a shout out in the chat. New Zealand, Australia, somewhere in the British Isles, lots of North America, China. <laughs> Don't you love it? 
I mean, this technology is amazing. And many of us are enjoying very nice weather. If, if you're not, we sympathize. Wherever you're listening from, or if you're listening to the recording, thanks so much for taking the time. Most appreciated. So Gina, this is really fun for me to have you back on the show. A lot of water under the bridge since then. Yeah. Or as I like to say, life being lived. Yes, life being lived. Which That's kind of a good segue into Mighty Bell. But before we get there, um, I, I had a talk with some folks uh, from Nang yesterday. They were doing some kind of new push on uh, promotion. And they told me that education is the largest category of Ning networks at Ning. Were you aware of that? Um, you know, I left in March of 2010. Uh, it does not surprise me at all. Um, I think that uh, one of the areas that we saw almost immediately after we launched Ning Networks was a, a real sort of passion amongst teachers in terms of using Ning in the classroom and, and to organize other teachers, which, you know, as, as the daughter of a, of a history teacher, um, just really made me incredibly happy and proud. That was a fun period of time. Um, uh, so have, there were changes at Ning, and obviously you left. Uh, I, I don't know to what degree you want to talk about that story, but um, I, f I feel like I ought to give you the chance to kind of uh, be a little bit proud of what you did there, because I feel like uh, it was kind of monumental. As you look back on your time at Ning, do you feel that sense of accomplishment? Absolutely. And, you know, anytime you create something that um, people take and use in ways that you couldn't have possibly imagined. You know, that is truly the, the um, pinnacle of being an entrepreneur and being somebody who is passionate about um, product and product design. And so not only, you know, am I, am I proud of it, I celebrate it, I, I am um, incredibly honored by it. And, you know, it is in part the thing that gives me the, um, the inspiration and ambition to continue to push the envelope on social software products that connect people around their interests, their passions, their goals, the things that make them interesting and unique uh, and curious as people. And so that's really how I approach the, the, the areas of social software that I'm kind of in, in the most passionate about. So I don't know that I'm going to completely uh, put into words what I'm thinking here, but I'm going to try. So uh, the social network, the movie, kind of portrays um, someone who is not that social himself creating an extremely social product. Um, when I look at my own participation in social media, I'm intrigued at the degree to which I tend to be a relatively private person, but uh, there are pieces of the social that uh, I feel like I do really well. And I felt like you were kind of the glue for everything at Ning. You were always around and in different networks. Is your personal life as 
socially active as your public persona has been? Um, that's a really interesting question. I would say that I really love people. Um, I, I love the things that make them unique. I love the things that make each of us kind of, you know, our own unique fingerprint on the world. Um, and so, you know, in, in my in my life, I think I would say, you know, I certainly love interacting with amazing people and have the ability and opportunity to do that regularly. I have to say, though, that I am probably the happiest when I'm interacting with new people that I'm just meeting that sort of share my same, you know, openness to meeting new and interesting people um, in a online social software context. And where I have the most passion is in thinking about or trying to help people achieve their goals through through social software anywhere in the world. I love the map. Um, and that's certainly something we, we brought into Mighty Bell. When, when you just think about you know, the opportunity to um, meet people and to help across time zones and borders um, because of what we're, what we're interacting with every day in terms of the internet, I, I just think that there's something that, that makes me intrinsically happy um, to meet new people and interact with them. And it, it's the difference between just a phenomenal day for me and, um, you know, not being not being and feeling like I'm living my life to the fullest. So I, I, I love the online piece, I think, um, because you just get to meet a, a more interesting volume of people doing interesting things. So I, I'm going to want to think about this a lot later, and I'm, I know it will be something I'll spend some time on, but I don't end up sharing a lot of my personal life, although I really like creating places for people to share. Are you a sharer? Do you share a lot of your personal life online? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think I do. Um, you know, I think that uh, I, I don't necessarily know that I'm opposed to it, but I just don't necessarily um, find it that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna leave that there for now. But I, I have this kind of theory that's brewing that uh, that there may be a certain kind of personality type that does really well with social software. And um, in, in a presentations I do, I always show a picture of Julie from the Love Boat, um, <laughs> and that there is a person who kind of likes facilitating, but it's not necessarily the same person who's sort of constantly sharing about themselves. Right. Right. The way I sort of think about it, and I, I think that, you know, this is kind of like an early thought that is just starting to brew and, and form for me, is that, is that when I think about, you know, when I think about what is it that, you know, I spend my time doing and my team spends our time doing, it's, it's building social software. And what is social software but organizational design? And organizational design meant to motivate certain behavior that people have and in certain facil facilitating certain ways for people to to interact with each other. And I think that there's sort of two models evolving within within sort of social software design. And I think sometimes um, at these periods of of inflection, um, it's not totally it's not totally obvious sort of which direction it's going to go. But I, I do think it's really interesting how 
when you look at sort of the, the dominant social software platforms today, um, there is this sort of, you know, increasing and accelerating sense of sharing that really what it turns into is sitting back um, and watching in sort of smaller and smaller increments of time what people are actually doing. And I think that that is actually producing um, that sense of, of watching the world go by or watching like that, that sort of fear of missing out that I think Katerina Fake has written so eloquently about. And I think that there is, a, is something interesting there that, that has value, but I also think that there's a piece to it that makes people feel sort of a little emptier, sort of like, you know, high fructose corn syrup uh, relative to, to eating some, some just regular, you know, God-made sugar. Um, but, but there is this sort of emerging social software dynamic, um, and it's certainly something that I see not only in Mighty Bell, but in sort of a host of small and rapidly growing social platforms and social applications that is really around motivating and pulling people along with them towards action, towards learning, towards teaching, towards doing. And I think that, you know, as you're talking about the, the, the Julie, you know, the Julie persona or the Julie kind of um, personality type and the people that are, are sort of more comfortable sharing every single thing that they're doing. I, I'm really struck by what I think is, is happening at sort of, you know, a, a more a, a more macro level where you see social software products becoming more about this sort of in, intensive seamless sharing um, which produces people sort of sitting back and watching the world go by around them. Um, and this, this new model of how does social software help people become more active and engaged and interesting and curious and passionate and interesting. And, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about the, the host of companies that are and the host of products that are really sort of facilitating how do you, how do you take people from sort of passively watching what other people are doing and actually creating organized action and learning and education. Uh, and I just, I, I have to say it's, it's the thing that I'm most excited about and, and it's the thing that gets me up every single morning, just excited to build, excited to meet people, and excited to see where, where all of this is going to go from here. So I don't know that you and I have ever talked about this, but for me, Ning really represented uh, several transformations at, at one point in time, one of which was sort of shifting the dialogue from the blogosphere, which tended to be caustic and argumentative, to a much gentler, uh, more um, thoughtful conversation between people. And, um, and it feels to me as though Ning in many ways kind of precipitated a culture of collaboration. Do you see a connection between the um, kind of these tools of the web and, and an increasingly um, collaborative work style? You know, you, you and I have not talked about that. I, I, I have never sort of heard that said about, um, about Ning Networks, but wow, what a what an amazing compliment um, if, if we had, you know, any, any um, role whatsoever in terms of, uh, you know, facilitating on any level a culture of collaboration because that certainly is something that, um, man, I'd be honored to be a, a part of. 
Um, <laughs> so, so that's just such a kind and wonderful thing to say. I actually, it, it's funny to me that you also say that in the sense that, you know, what Mighty Bell, which is, is what I'm working on now, and we launched a, a mere four weeks ago, um, the, the culture of collaboration is something that we really think is at the heart of where we're going uh, and, and what we believe is the future of um, how people learn, how they're motivated to do things, and, and how they, they have and can use social reinforcement and social proof for living better, more interesting lives. And I think that the idea of a kinder, gentler, gentler, more thoughtful conversation um, I've never sort of thought about it in that way, but you know, even our messaging system on Mighty Bell is really meant to support people, to thank them, to welcome them, to congratulate them, to cheer them. And you know, if, if, if the ways that we plan on growing that out from here um, are are sort of deeper and richer in that sense of you know, how do we bring people along together? to accomplish more than, you know, any individual can accomplish on their own. And, um, and so, you know, I, I, would, I would say that, that this is an area that, that I perhaps just, you know, think is obvious and is something that, you know, must exist in the world and, and work very hard every day to make it a reality. So I don't want you to worry. We're going to do a full tour of Mighty Bell, so you're oh, going to have to talk about it. And I hope this is sort of, I think about it more as a, you know, hopefully a far-reaching and, and far-ranging conversation, but it's just so interesting because I've literally been spending the day thinking about co-creation and collaboration and, and you know, co-conspirators and creating things that are much bigger than ourselves. And so it's, um, it's, it's more recognizing the serendipity of, of you must have been, you know, you, your ears must have been burning about some of the things we've been talking about and thinking about. Well, for me, the forum discussion piece of Ning was really brilliant. Um, and and I, you know, I tell this story a lot, but you know, you allowed for people's pictures to go everywhere. There was a way to to be involved in the conversation where you could you only had to write a sentence and you could actually be part of it and get feedback. Uh, you could an individual in the network could create a group. It was this recognition of the value of the individual, which felt to me like it was really significant and important. I also felt like Ning and you in particular very much understood what it was like to be a beginner. And I get that same sense with Mighty Bell. Is that part of who you are, is that you care about that beginner? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think that, I think that, you know, both for very practical reasons um, and, and for, you know, probably, you know, passion reasons as well, you have to invite beginners in, but you know, if you've ever hosted a party, it's, it's, you have to welcome people in at the beginning and give them small things that they can do so that they feel comfortable and they feel like they're they're a part of it. And um, and I think that that's how that's how you know I certainly approach building social software is to think about it as you know basically putting on the best party you absolutely could put on as a, as a you know as a great as a great host. Well, my final sort of comment about Ning, and I, and I appreciate you're letting me spend some time on Ning here because sure, I think it sets the stage, both uh, in, you know in terms of Mighty Bell, but also in terms of who you are. 
is that uh, for me what Ning did also so brilliantly was it really facilitated the long tail. And, uh, you know, again, you and I have never sort of spoken directly about this, but I have a skin condition called vitiligo. It's the Michael Jackson skin disorder. Uh -huh. And I started a Ning network for people with vitiligo. I didn't have to have a mailing list. I didn't have to have foundation money. But it's probably the largest gathering place for people with, a, with a, what's considered a very debilitating skin disorder if you're, you're dark-skinned. And I'll get an email a week from someone who'll say, you know, I was I was so depressed until I found the network. And I'm sure that there are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of other Ning networks that, that fulfill comparable kind of purposes that, that could never have been started. And so for me, part of what Ning did was it really helped to reshape this world of building from the bottom up, that projects could get started by somebody who just had a desire and an interest in doing so. Yeah. And um, that was absolutely a goal, a, a passion on, on my part, and it's something that is just, you know, so innate to the things that I believe make us special and unique and interesting as people. Um, and also just make it, you know, I sort of think about it as a little hit of awesome in your day. Um, and you get that because you can connect to people that you know, you, you can build strong relationships around because of your shared interests, because of your passions, because of your, um, you know, unique outlooks on the world or, or the different things that, that are, you know, important to you and that you're working through. And so what, I, what I'm so excited about is the fact that, you know, all of the things that, that you're sharing, which I really appreciate and, and, and again, you know, I'm, I'm incredibly proud of the team that we put together at, uh, at Ning and, and the products, you know, certainly on my watch and, and uh, under my leadership that we, that we built. And where we're going from here are all of the things of, in terms of thinking about how we take everything you just mentioned and, and bring it into 2011, 2012 and beyond. And I think that that's, that's absolutely um, the thing that, that uh, you know, I wake up every morning just thrilled to to push and thrilled to challenge myself and, and, and our team here to identify more opportunities to pull people together around their interests, their passions, the things that they care about. And I think with Mighty Bell, um, even more, the things that they want to accomplish or to master, whether that's around a topic, whether that's about, you know, learning, you know, learning Russian history or, um, in terms of becoming the absolute best version of yourself, whatever that means to you, uh, and finding like-minded people who share the same goals, who share the same desire to master a topic, um, and finding them and, and really building strong relationships um, with new people around the things that you care about the most. So Gina, I pulled up the Mighty Bell screen. I'm thinking, can you see it? Yep. Okay. Yeah. And do you want me to log out so people can see the first screen, or does that matter? Would, it, would that? No, be I don't think it does, especially because you know we. I will set the stage for where we're at right now and, and give you, give you guys a sneak peek as to sort of where we're we're going. Um, so you know what you're looking at right now is the dashboard, so what somebody would see for themselves. Um, on on Mighty Bell. So you know the, the the fundamental idea behind Mighty Bell, and we are a whopping four weeks into a 
limited data focused on, on really creators, uh, leaders, educators, um, creating what we call experiences. And, it, and an experience is simply a series of actions or steps or modules or units or lessons um, towards a goal or around a topic. Um, and so you name your experience uh, and and basically you, uh, you lay out a series of steps or a series of actions um, or objects and then basically can launch it and invite people in and then they can go through those steps, those actions, those, um, those objects, those modules. And that is kind of Mighty Bell in a nutshell. So as, as Steve is clicking here, this is basically, um, oh, my screen just disappeared. Would be my aggressive screensaver. It can take a second um, so, to refresh. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm back in. So what you're looking at here is is all the steps or all the actions in one place at, for Teacher 2.0, and then it basically allows you to dive into and go through, progress through a series of actions or a series of lessons, a series of units. You can actually call steps on Mighty Bell anything that uh, anything that you want. And then it is a great way to sort of focus in on, you know, what is that next step as I progress through, you know, this particular experience of Teacher 2.0. And that is Mighty Bell in a nutshell. And then what we have is the ability to see, you know, fellow travelers or fellow participants to be able to, um, if you go to the Today tab, um, you can see, you know, what a what an action looks like. So it has sort of the title of the action. It has the um, it has a photo or a video. It has the information about it. You can also add quick tips, um, as well as the conversation and advice area that is just specific to this particular action. And then you can go ahead and you can complete the step. You can ask for help. You can add a private note that only you see. And you just go through step by step, action by action, this experience um, with the fellow travelers. In this case, you know, a thousand people who are who are doing this or have done this together. And then we basically show metrics, um, not only about uh, not only about sort of where people are in the world in this experience, but then also, um, you know, who who sort of the most active users. What Steve's showing is sort of the creator or the leader view, where you can see where people are coming from. So in this case, Steve is is generating people from a lot of other sources. Um, you can then also invite people in. You can see basically if you, if you continue to go down um, the completion rate per action. You can see what people think about it. So as people complete the different steps, there's then actually saying, hey, what do you think about it? We ask people, we prompt people, what do you think about it? So, and you see here, a lot of people are happy with Steve's um, Teacher 2.0 experience. And then you can see where in the world are all of the fellow travelers, who are they by through the demographic lens. Um, so, this will, this will be interesting. So, for the most part, you can see everybody's all over the world. And if you go down a little bit further, And 60% females, 40% men. Typically, it looks like ages between 40 and 49. Um, 
and then you can see here who the fellow travelers are, when they joined, what they're doing. And then over on the right-hand side is ways to prompt people to congratulate, support, welcome them in. If you click on join, for example, you can see who just, uh, who just joined um, when. So actually, Steve, if you click on join, this is my favorite feature, and it's, it's sort of hidden right now. Um, so tell me where to click, because I'm not seeing just, it. If you click on uh, joined, right next to location in this leaderboard, Oh, yes, yeah. just click on that. Then you can see the fact that Sharon just joined three minutes ago. James joined 25 minutes ago. And you can actually go through here on the, on the right-hand side and support them, welcome them, cheer them in a way that's actually really hard to do if you're just, you know, in, in a, uh, you know, in, in a discussion forum, for example. Exactly. I have so much fun doing that. Um, and That's the first time I've ever done that. <laughs> I know it's, it's totally fun. It's totally totally fun. Um, so I have I this is actually the kinds of things that I just spend uh, you know a lot of my day doing because it's just one of my favorite things. Okay, so tell us how you came up with the idea for Mighty Bell. Um, you know, a lot of it came from seeing how people were using um, Ming and where where I thought we should be pushing the, the social software market really around how can we create the best platform in the world to motivate people to act and to learn and to teach and to engage with each other to become better and better and better, no matter how you define what better means. Um, and that, to me, was kind of the, the impetus and the mission, and, and remains the mission of Mighty Bell, which is how do we create an environment where everyone is teaching, everyone is learning, everyone is motivating each other to think big. Um, so that's sort of the idea of like be, being a part of this, this larger experience. But then to be able to break things down into very doable pieces so that you can actually say, wait a second, like I actually can complete or master Russian literature, or I can absolutely make changes to my own life because of the clear path as well as the social support for, um, you know, taking, you know, taking, a, reading a book, a book a weekend, or whatever it might be. Um, one of the, one of the chat, uh, one of the wonderful things that someone in, in the chat room just said that I thought was really cool is, um, is really looking and thinking about how to sort of make this more focused on, on education. Um, and I think that that's actually one of, the, one of the fascinating things with social software is so much of what, if we're doing our job right as social software builders, um, it, it, they are flexible enough that passionate people can take and use them for their own purposes and, and really turn it into what they want it to be that I think is super cool. And so that's really, you know, the, the, both the overall vision for Mighty Bell, but also kind of how we approach it and, and what, we, uh, what we're really passionate about uh, from here. Sounds like you have some visitors. I do. I, have, I had a friend just show up. Um, here, I'm going to go on mute for a second. Gina, let me know when I can ask you the next question.
I'm back. Okay. I sort, of, I sort of feel like my my mom used to, as a, when we were growing up, we all like when somebody would come in and she would be like, "I am on the phone." I just had. To <laughs> Did you make that little motion? A little quiet motion. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, so um. Uh, so you, uh, Peter Slutsky had called me and said that this was getting started and wondered if I would create one for education. And I had just, uh, I'd sort of procrastinated and wasn't really sure what I was going to do, but I liked the idea of the platform and I, I gave an all-day workshop on Teacher 2.0 in Australia and then had kind of a jet lag night where I knew I wasn't going to sleep. And I took that all-day workshop and I just plugged it all into Mighty Bell. And um, it worked really well for me. I mean, it was a it was a very kind of natural process. What are other ways in which people are kind of thinking about how you create a mighty bell? Uh, are there sort of tips or tricks you're giving people to help them uh, kind of get started with thinking about how you would populate the actions? Yeah, it's it's a really great question. And in fact, actually, from from our perspective. One of the really amazing opportunities that we have from here and one of the things that we've heard um, just is like a really, really great idea, which is, you know, to actually break up the creation of a Mighty Bell experience um, from the, this sort of sense that I think the, the, the Create page has today where it's like you do have to sort of sit down and like put it all out at one time and then launch it as a very sort of linear, a, a linear one-time, one-shot kind of thing. And in reality, actually, the, 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 um, what we're going to be making more ob obvious from here is, it, one, the fact that, you know, it just takes, all you have to do is really sort of set it up, invite people in, and then start adding things to it. Um, so that it, it maintains that sort of linear sense uh, or even being able to go through something not in a nonlinear way, but that it doesn't actually require somebody to sit down in one fell swoop and create an entire experience or an entire class or an entire course or an entire series. So that sort of sense that that you just, you know, part of it is sort of starting and sort of seeing what people want it to become. And then you can always go back after the fact and edit steps or edit actions, add new actions, and everyone will be able to be a part of those. So that sort of fluidness is something that we're that we're really you know encouraging of. Uh, the other thing is that uh, you know we just added the ability to pull in YouTube videos. So you could imagine we use the example of creating a bartending school, which is a, simply a, a series of. Um, a series of YouTube videos that exist already, which are, you know, like how to make a classic martini or how to make a, you know, the perfect old-fashioned. And the, the, one of the things we just see as a, as a really, um, you know, just nice, simple way of creating experiences is really as more of a, of a remixing or reassembling of information that already exists online and pulling it into something that feels like it is a cohesive class or a cohesive series towards a goal or around a topic. Um, and those things are working really, really well. 
So that we're um, getting some questions in the chat, yeah. and I just want to assure people that I'm capturing them and I'll bring them up. I want to get through a couple of other things first, but then we'll definitely sure. shift to that. I thought Peter told me there was a story about you sitting on the living room floor cutting up magazines or something <laughs> that was a part of the creation process of Mighty Bell. Is that, am I remembering correctly? You are, you are. I mean, I, I think I, I am not alone in the fact that you know, I love going through magazines and cutting out, um, you know, ripping out the, the pictures or the articles that I um, that I want to do. Uh, and I think that that's certainly something that you know has been an inspiration to us at Mighty Bell in terms of thinking about, you know, there's all of this amazing inspiration that exists in the world. And when I think about inspiration, it's not in the, you know, the, um, you know. Courage posters that you put on your, the wall in your in your office that you buy from the Sky Mall on a on a United flight, but really it's about you know how can I look at something that is much bigger than myself or or something I, I don't believe that I can do, and when it's broken down into a series of small steps or a series of of, of um, suggestions in an article, whether that's a travel guide or whether that is a you know ten fall essentials. Um, being able to sort of lay those out so that you can think big and dream big, but then break things down into a series of doable actions or steps or units or modules. Um, it, it's, it's how, it, 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 is, it is how we live in the offline world and bringing more of that, you know, into the, the tunnel of social software. We just think it's something really, really powerful and really, really amazing. So I, I didn't mean to skip over the YouTube so quickly. I'll give you the feedback that I watched that video of adding YouTube videos, and my first thought was not bringing in other videos, but I was delighted to realize that I could actually record my own videos for each step. That was a huge plus for me. Cool. Okay, so um, we're going to keep moving here because we're about to go to Q&A, and I, there's stuff I want to talk about first before we get there. Um, Ning wasn't built as an educational program, but clearly it tapped into something uh, sort of deeply uh, resonant with people about social learning, and especially for teachers to learn with each other. Mighty Bell does the same kind of thing. It creates a social environment for learning. For me, it was very clear you know, that at each step, I could allow people to talk to each other about what they were learning. Um, is there a kind of a bigger picture here related to the creation of educational software where it's it's not necessarily geared toward education but it ends up being really valuable what's the what how does this tie together I'm not sure I totally understand the question um, I I generally speaking believe in building social software that has a sort of core fundamental human element to it, a human motivation. Um, and that to me is actually the, the most powerful aspect of what we are building and doing today. Um, and so, you know, what I love about, you know, certainly the things I've built in the past, but even as we're sort of with working with Mighty Bell, if you are a teacher, you see the power and potential to, to teach. If you are an activist and a leader, you, you come to Mighty Bell and you see the power and potential to organize people towards a goal or around a topic. 
if you are an entertainer, you see ways of engaging people in, in new and interesting ways. The list sort of goes on and on and on, and and that to me is you know if you if you are a if you are a traveler or or someone who writes and is passionate about traveling, um, you see this as a as an amazing travel guide and and the potential for creating rich immersive social experiences around travel or adventure, and so that to me is is how as a as a social software designer I approach the world, um, and I approach kind of what we build. And you know, I I feel like the power. You know, if, if we're not constantly learning and we're not constantly, I don't think education should have to be in a box that that is you know a formal accredited process. And so the fact that you know that that we can take and tap into social learning um, through the power of connecting people in new and interesting ways, I, I look at that as as the goal. So I think that was actually the answer I was looking for, even if I did a poor job of phrasing the question. Okay, so we're going to move sort of into Q&A. Sometimes people are uh, shy about asking questions, and other times they're not. We've got, I've collected three questions so far. Um, if anybody would like to take the microphone to ask a question, you can do so by raising your hand. So look in the participants area, and you'll see a hand icon. If you hover over it, it says raise hand. And you can raise your hand, and I'll give you the mic. Um, it does help to do the audio setup in advance, but we'll, if you haven't done that, uh, we'll go ahead and give it a shot. And if we can't hear you, we'll, we'll have you do that. So Gina, the first question that I uh, pulled out was, how could you, this is from Jim. How could you see this expanding something such as Khan Academy, which has online lessons but no extensions to reach the unique needs and thoughts of the learner? Yeah, it's it's funny. Somebody was was uh, was over the other day in our office and basically said, um, "Wow, this could be Khan Academy for everything else." Um, and and I thought that that was such a huge huge compliment. Um, I, and yet, I actually think, again, given given my background, um, you know, having having sort of conceptualized Ning and watching how people used it, I think the power is in exactly as your uh, as as Jim said, is in not only creating a space around a goal or for a topic and mastery of that topic or or progress towards that goal, but it's then pulling in other people where everybody teaches and everyone learns. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure I'm not the first person to say that it was, it was shared with me by somebody uh, who, who I have a lot of respect for. But you know, you think about education sort of moving from this sort of idea of like the sage on the stage to you know, a guide at your side. And I think, that, I think that that is really the power of what's possible today. And as you think about the, you know, the, the uses of that, I, I just the, the possibilities start to get incredibly exciting. So I'm going to agree completely. You know, I I like Khan Academy in the sense that it's scaling through technology. It's scaling existing methods for teaching, but it's not really 2.0. Um, in the same way that MIT OpenCourseWare is scaling the availability of really high-quality courseware. But there's something about the act of creation which is integral to our sense of teaching and learning. And, and what 
participative technology is doing, what Mighty Bell does, is it allows people to become creators. And I think that's a really big part of, of what makes education so special. So Jim had a follow-up. He says, does Mighty Bell have bandwidth to support a local school district to enroll teachers and parents in its evolution? So I'm not quite sure what, what Jim means there, but um, I'll, I'll riff on that a little and let Jim kind of uh, clarify if he needs to. Part of what I would really love to see in Mighty Bell, and Peter gets plenty of emails from me on these kinds of ideas, is a way for a group to go through an experience together as a group. Not necessarily as part of a thousand people, but as maybe part of 20 people. Is that on your roadmap? Yes. Absolutely. And I would Jim. take it one step. I would take it one step further, which is um, not only going through an experience as a group, but creating an experience as a group. Okay, I love that. So one of the questions that's going to come up, and you know, I know it's tender. But uh, you know, when Ning went from free to paid, there was an awful lot of pain in the educational world. H have you thought through, you know, if this product really does develop an educational uh, audience, how you would manage the transition from a free service to one that has some revenue component? Uh, absolutely. So I am a a huge believer uh, that. When you set expectations for what is free and what is paid in a product, you, you keep them. And so the goal is to absolutely avoid all uh, of those kinds of business model transitions, if, if at all possible. So you know that, that, that transition happened after my time. Um, and, and so I, I certainly won't um, won't comment on that, but I certainly believe, as it relates to Mighty Bell, that there's a very viable business model um, when you put in place day one the ability to uh, choose as a creator to charge for an experience or a premium experience or to make it free. And we believe very strongly that there are opportunities for um, really a very healthy business model where we are enabling creators to extract you know, their own monetization models for experiences. So you know, if you think about what somebody is paying today you know, in an after school program that might be you know, an art class or my aunt is a piano teacher. Um, people are paying for, for you know, informal, specialized mastery of a topic or, you know, when you just look at the market for, um, for home, um, you know, home cooking recipes, uh, diet, exercise, health, um, kinds of books that people are paying for, parenting guides, all of that stuff we believe should be rich, immersive social experiences. And some will be paid, and some will be free, and some will be sponsored. Um, but there, Mighty Bell has been built from the ground up to ensure that those kinds of difficult transitions will be avoided. 
I think that's a really good answer. And I've introduced you before virtually to Adam Fry at Wikispaces, but at, you know, Wikispaces ends up for me being a really good model of working with education because they have this sort of core free piece, and then they have an institutional buy piece where an institution can buy the functionality that's available for free, but then they actually can have some control over it. Um, it'll be fun to watch what you do there. Um, I'm having kind of a light bulb go off, and I'm thinking about all of these reality competition shows on TV, like Cupcake Wars and uh, Chopping Block and yeah. singing and dancing. Uh, gosh, I, there's got to be some kind of cool thing you could do with a sort of um, contest creation, right? Yeah. Where people will go through together. Well, we'll <laughs> I won't jump the gun there. Hey, so Pradeep wants to know, how do you maintain motivation within an online group over time? Yes. This is actually one of the reasons why we build Mighty Bell, um, is because one of the things that I certainly saw was that it was, it was sort of hard to know what was going on and how and where and who your highest value most active users were on a, you know, a new network, for example. Um, and that um, that one of the things that we could do with Mighty Bell is make it a lot more obvious who are new, who who's there, how can we get people back, how can we engage them through a, sort of a progression um, through an experience, mastery towards a topic, you know, a, achieving a goal. And and so instead of actually having it being like one long ongoing conversation. Um, instead actually create the inflection points for um, people to be able to continually re-engage. So, you know, we definitely have a lot more we have planned there, but, you know, it's certainly a lot easier to see how to and where to engage people when you know sort of who they are, what they're doing, and, and where kind of at a map, more macro level um, things are working, things aren't working, and where to, you know, where they can go from there. I'm just putting some links in the chat. People are asking how to get to Mighty Bell. Uh, yeah, Gina, the name. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. When you go to MightyBell.com, right now it's set up for our limited beta, so that you you pay a dollar to become a creator. We we will you know evolve that over time. Um, but you can all join Steve's experience, Teacher 2.0, for free. Um, and and it, again, any experience. Um, it, it's up to the creator to decide whether it's paid or free, um, but most of the experiences on my email today are free. So uh, if you want to become a creator, it's a dollar, uh, but to join Teacher 2.0, for instance, or any of the other experiences, there's no charge. Okay, uh, where does the name Mighty Bell come from? I'm so glad you guys. I saw you know I saw that in the chat, and I was really happy that you guys asked that question. Um, it, if you think about it, a bell is the ultimate social icon. It's been used for thousands of years to pull people together, to ask for help, to organize people, and and probably most importantly, celebrate small successes uh, or larger successes. And when you take and you apply that the the power of social software to that you know fundamental human you know human 
organizing principle and, and the symbol that's been used for thousands of years to enable that, that's a pretty mighty bell. And um, and that's why we call the company Mighty Bell. So that certainly is a better story than Ning. <laughs> I never really I never really knew if I got the full story on Ning. Was there a, a better story for Ning that I'm that I'm remembering? You know, it, it means peace in Chinese, and we wanted a very short and sweet, um, a very short and sweet uh, URL, and that's how that's how we chose Ning. Certainly, as as we have, um, you know, been building Mighty Val, we wanted a name that that you know every day we came in inspired us to work harder, build more, and to really, you know, just build the product that, that represents our vision of becoming the best platform in the world to motivate people to learn and to act. When Peter told me about it and told me the name, my first response was school bell. Uh -huh. So someday you're gonna you're gonna do a nice little twist on Mighty Bell that involves school bell. Um, Absolutely. Well and why why does the school bell exist? It's for those same, you know, iconic reasons. To pull people together, to organize people, to show progression through a school day. And that from our perspective just lends itself so nicely to, to where we want where we want to go. I want to make sure I didn't miss any questions. I don't think anybody raised their hand, but you're certainly welcome. We probably have time for one final question if you'd like to raise your hand and take the microphone. Or uh, you can put another question in the chat. If I didn't miss a question, I apologize, but please feel free to repeat it there. Um, Gina, wh where are you going from here? What, what, what are sort of the big picture goals for uh, the next month, say, for Mighty Bell? So in the next month, in the next few weeks, we'll have um, a really nice um, it's a really nice way to discover new experiences, and that's really exciting to us. Um, the other thing, and I, I would say the thing we're sort of the most excited about, is evolving, um, evolving the creation of experiences to include and incorporate and, and, and more contributors, more co-creators, more collaborators. And we think that that's going to just be something that produces um, new experiences that are just really exciting to us. Um, so I, I couldn't be more thrilled with, you know, even just some of the, the conversation we've had over the last hour in terms of being consistent with the direction that we're the most excited about for Mighty Bell from here. And, and really, you know, thinking about how can we provide uh, more ways of inspiring people. You know, it's like, how would you make a table of contents inspiring? How would you, how could you make a syllabus for a class um, something that, it, that feels like the most beautifully designed product in the world? Those are the, the kinds of things that we're really looking forward to doing with Mighty Bell. From here. Gina, it's really delightful to have you on the show again. I appreciate your taking the time to do so. As a courtesy, we do finish on time. So I'm clapping for you here, and I'm going to the smiley face in the participant window, and then I click on the applause button. It's too many clicks for me, <laughs> and I'm sorry about that. But 
you're gonna you're getting applause from others and smiley faces. And, oh, thank all you guys so much. I really well appreciate. Well deserved. It. We're giving you the kind of feedback that you love to give others. We're, <laughs> we're saying hooray. Thank anyway, you so much. You deserve it both for Ning and for Mighty Bell, and it's really uh, fun to have you back on. Tomorrow, David Lorcher on Libraries and Web 2.0, and then next week, Mark Sermon from Mozilla on Open Badges. Thanks, everybody, for coming tonight. Thanks again to Gina. Uh, terrific to spend time uh, with you, uh, and we'll go ahead and close. Good night. Take care, everybody.